there's more to this life than I thought. And James inspires me. The things he says have encouraged me. It's like there's a walk, there's a path, and it's leading to something more real than I've ever known before, and it's exciting. I get around James and I hear things that help me in my life, my work. This work he talks about has become my work. I am excited about the possibility that other people could be affected, other people could be inspired to work on themselves, to grow, to, to realize there's more to this life. This morning, I would like to talk to you about mumbo jumbo because mumbo jumbo is what this work, and as a matter of fact, everything is full of mumbo jumbo. It's not a secret that Gurdjieff wrote Beelzebub Tales to his grandson full of mumbo jumbo. Mumbo jumbo dictionary definition language intended to cause confusion or bewilderment. This is not a secret. He deliberately made up words that are almost impossible to pronounce. He did that to stumble people. So that they didn't just gobble everything in sight. So that they would have to sort through this. So they'd have to work to get something. If you've ever read Beelzebub's Tales to His Grandson, and I'm sure most of you never made it through the book. You can lie about it, but it won't do you any good because then you're just pretending. And pretense is exactly what you want to avoid in this work. But what do we do? Well, the exact opposite of what we need to avoid. We pretend instead. Why? Because our pride and vanity and self-love forces us to do it. It literally forces us to lie and pretend so that we'll look good to other people, so that we'll look good to ourselves. And we will actually begin to believe what we are pretending. If we pretend long enough, we will believe it. And if we believe it, then it becomes for us reality. And once the lie becomes reality, it's even more difficult to get out of it. There's so much mumbo-jumbo in it to make people work for what they get or don't get these days. That was fine then, when people were at a higher level of being. You see, when Gurdjieff wrote that, or published that, he actually wrote it for years, but when he had that published in 1950, people were different than they are now. The whole race was different. We have fallen. We are on a descending octave. That means that we're not getting better, we're getting worse on this planet. We don't believe that because we have computers and cell phones and little pocket devices and gadgets with us in Korea. You couldn't go anywhere where people were not plugged in. On the subways, in the malls, in the coffee shops, wherever people were, they had some kind of little electronic device in their hands, plugged into their ears, and they were not connecting with other people, no matter where I went. As far as I can tell, Japan is worse. Everybody is like that. When I was in the UK, you would see people walking down the street with headsets, you know, plugged in, their ears plugged in to something they were listening to, iPods or MP3 players or whatever. And in the tube, in the subway, same thing. Everybody's plugged in. And everybody's kind of looking straight ahead in this daze. Or they're looking down and, or they're rocking out. There was a guy, do you remember the guy in the coffee shop every morning? Bald guy, and he was sitting over there reading a paper and just rocking out. He was playing the drums and playing the guitar, and he's plugged in. And he was absolutely not there. There was no one else in that coffee shop for him. He was in his own world. This is not the direction that we, as a race of man-machines, need to be going in order to become more aware. Do you see that we're closing ourselves off from others? not connecting with them, not consciously loving one another. 
not consciously communicating and overcoming the confusion of tongues. We are taking the line of least resistance. We are going down on a descending octave. We are getting more and more separate. We understand one another less and less. Why? We're making no effort in that direction. Gurdjieff wrote tales in a time when people could make effort, when education was better than it is now. Education today is at an all-time low in America. We are 24th in the world, the greatest nation on earth, supposedly, and we are 24th in our ability to educate our children. Do you know what we're number one in with our children? Self-confidence. Our children are the most self-confident children in the world. They don't know anything. They're behind in everything, but they don't know that. They're confident that they're the best. I'm telling you, folks, this is not a good thing. It's the wrong direction. Unfortunately, this descending octave has led to a new low for humanity in the past 60 years, while the official keepers of the flame still hide it under a basket. Of course, you may recollect that that's Matthew 5:14 through 16, esoteric writings, ancient esoteric writings, and here's what it says. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. And remember, heaven is this expanding state of consciousness, this higher level of being that we are aiming at, or we're supposed to be aiming at, if we are doing this work and we have a work aim. That's what we're supposed to be aiming at. Intelligence, according to this work, is flexibility. Not much of that going around when it comes to these teachings. Why? Because instead of people putting the light up on the lampstand now, 60 years after, instead of people doing that, what they're doing is still clinging to this idea that the whole race is at the same level, that we're not descending, that we're just at the same level, and all we have to do is just parrot what Gurdjieff did and said, and everything will be fine. But if you look around, everything is not fine. And so what we have to do is we have to adapt. It was funny, when I was in Korea, this guy had been in a work group in New York City. That was how he got to work. And there were no blacks allowed in that group and no gays allowed in that group. And you had a reading list, and that's all you were allowed to read and nothing else. And no one was allowed to say they were in the group, and they were not allowed to say anything about the work to anybody, and no one was allowed to tell who their teacher was. And if they were somewhere with their teacher, they were not allowed to say, well, this is my teacher, and he teaches this or that. They, they were not allowed to do anything. It all had to be secret and hidden. And that's fine. I have no problem with that. I do not believe that Gurdjieff would not take advantage of podcasting today. I don't believe it. Connie told me last night, I think, she said, I don't think that Jesus would be doing this. And I said, okay, I don't know what Jesus would be doing, but I know that he wouldn't be Jesus today. He'd probably be Jack or Harry or Ralph or whatever, and he would probably be doing whatever would get the message across. So maybe he wouldn't be feeding 5,000 because that would just look like some trick. Maybe he wouldn't be walking on water because now we have these magicians who are doing all that stuff. And it would just look like some hoax. The same thing that Moses and Aaron did. They throw down the staff and it turns into a snake. And Pharaoh's magicians did the same thing. They did this and Pharaoh's magicians did the same thing. They just nulled everything that they did. Do you understand what I'm saying? So perhaps he wouldn't do that. I don't know what he would do. But I do know that this is what I'm doing. And this is what I'm doing because it works. That's all. 
it works. I think we need to do what works. I think putting the light on the lampstand so that people can see it, I don't think that's a bad thing. I think that keeping things secret is an internal thing. When you pray, go inside to your inner chamber and pray to your Father in secret. In other words, pray to your Father, higher influences, in secret. Don't boast. Don't come out here and tell people about it. Why? Because, like Emerson said, if you want to stop a man from doing something, get him to talk about it. It wastes force. It wastes energy. And it leads to pride and vanity, which is not a good idea. That's how it appears to me. So I'm doing what I'm doing because that's the way I think it needs to be done now. Desperate times call for desperate measures. The house is on fire, and we're fiddling with first conscious shocks, second force, carbon-12, and the mystic meaning of the Enneagram. Okay? I don't see any difference between that, running back into the house to get your pictures or your money or this or that, or running back into the house to get your books, your definition books. What was a conscious shock again? Oh, what's carbon-12, and what am I supposed to do with it? Oh, the Enneagram, what does that mean? Oh, and uh, second force, what was that? Um, what's the first conscious shock? Okay, for me, the way I see it is, look, <laughs> the house is on fire. Stop expressing negative emotions. Begin to wake up and observe yourself. Start to see yourself as you are. How? How? Put on the glasses of this work. Put on the spectacles of this work and begin to see yourself through the ideas that esoteric teachings have been giving mankind for thousands of years. Newsflash, Gurdjieff did not invent this. The G in Gurdjieff doesn't stand for God. He's a man who had a system that he gave to people. Where he got that system is all up in the air. I don't care. All I care about is does it work? There's only one way to find that out. Apply it. If it works, great. If it doesn't work, find what does work and do that. The house is on fire. Get out of the house. Don't go back into it to get your stuff. All this first conscious shock, second force, carbon-12, mystic meaning of the Enneagram, and all this other intellectual stuff. Men, numbers 1, 2, and 3, 4, 5, 6, and 7. What's what? What are you? What type are you? What card are you in the deck? All this stuff is for one reason only, is to describe something, is to lead you to something real. Diagrams and figures are all nonsense if they don't lead you to something that works. Do you see that? It's like a stairway that goes nowhere. <laughs> it's like, have you ever seen these ruins? And there'll be like a stairway that's left. The whole house is burned down, but there's a stairway. There's a spiral stairway that's left. Where does it go? Nowhere. The house burned down. Well, then what's the point? Well, the point is if you climb up, maybe you'll be able to see something because of the height, a better view. Okay, then if you can see something, then what you want to do is climb up there, see it, mark where it is, get down and go to it. That's the purpose. But you don't just stand there and say, look, I see it. I see it. Go to it. That's what this is about. This is about transformation, interchange. This is about you changing metanoia, changing your mind so that you can raise your level of being, so that you can actually begin to attract a different life. Okay, what's this work really about and how should you go about doing it now in the 21st century, <laughs> 2011, now? Not 1950, not 1918, not 1925, not 1936, not 1943 during the war in Europe. Now, now what should you do? Now. That's what I think this work needs to be about. Now. Because we are here now, not there then. We have what we have now, not what they had then. We need to be real about this. What's the first conscious shock? Self-remembering. 
And how do you bring carbon-12 to the level of incoming impressions to transform them and other mumbo-jumbo? Because now, that's pretty much mumbo-jumbo to people. And people who understand it, what are they doing with it? They're arguing. They're arguing over this. It's like, hello, I don't have time to argue. The house is on fire. I'm not going to go back in so that I can argue with someone. I just need to get out of that and into a better state. If you have begun to grasp that your internal world determines what your external world will be like, unlikely as that may seem to all of us, you will have some understanding of the importance of impressions. If you understand, even begin to grasp that your internal world determines what your external world will be like, then you begin to understand how important impressions are. Impressions feed your internal world. Your external world then reflects your internal world. Most important is how you take them into this internal world of yours and where they come to rest in there. That's the most important thing about impressions. How you take them in, where they go, where they come to rest, where they stay. As we are, impressions act on us mechanically through old associations. Until we put the work between them and our reaction to them, we will not know what self-remembering really means. We must somehow get this work between the impressions that are coming in and us inside. We've got to get the work between us and the impressions coming in. Until we can do that, the impressions are going to go to the same place they've always gone and nothing will change about us. Except we'll be more proud, more arrogant, more self-righteous, and more self-absorbed and less able to transform. Working with people around the world has given new meaning to the idea of willing what happens to us in life. See, getting out there with people, not just having this intellectual exercise, but actually getting out there and talking with people and working with people and living with people, just like Ospensky and Nickel and uh, who was the other one? Oh, Gurdjieff. Just like those people did, they had these houses where people came and lived and they worked together and they had the hard stuff of living with someone and working with someone and rubbing up against people with lots and lots of unpleasant manifestations. And that's where the friction came from that caused the heat that would generate this fire of transformation inside of us, inside of them. And I promise you, when I go and do that with people, there's a lot of heat. And you find things out that you never would find out by just talking on a podcast or listening to a podcast or just sitting in a room talking with someone intellectually. Living with people is different. That's why they did that. That's why I do that. Somebody said to me on a plane one time coming back from somewhere, well, aren't you afraid that these people will like rob you or kill you? And I said, no, that never occurred to me. No, I'm not afraid. I must be crazy. They're the ones who should be afraid because I'm bringing light. And light shows things, things that we have hidden. We have hidden them because we don't want to see them. So when the light comes, we don't like it. You must have some experience of this. Well, trust me when I say that people out there are the same. You're not alone in this. People out there are the same. In fact, a lot of them are a lot worse. They kick a lot harder than you do. And over the years, you've thrown some really incredible fits, if you remember. Well, people are still doing that. <laughs> you know, it's just like taking a cup of cold water and throwing it on a hot fire. Steam, sputtering, just the same thing. Nothing's different. 
It's the same thing every time. It's been amazing to me how much of a surprise this has been to people, especially since I've been teaching it for years. I've been teaching this for years. They've been listening to podcasts for years, and yet it's a big shock to them. When they actually face the work, it's this huge shock. And they say, I had no idea that's what self-remembering was about. I had no idea. They get a shock and they go, is that what that is? That's horrible. I hate that. <laughs> it's like, why would anyone want that? You mustn't let life take you to things. You must not let life take you to things. Do you understand this? You can't let life lead you. You can't let life determine where you are going to go inside of yourself. You can't let other people tell you what kind of a day you're going to have. You can't let other people's behavior make you negative and make you live in bad states and slums inside of yourself. You can't do that. It doesn't work. You must go to these things in life. You must go to them. You must not be dragged to them. You must go to them willingly. This begins to transform you from victim to director, from victim to participant. It radically changes how you take in impressions. Willing what happens to you in life changes your relationship to second force. Second force is quite simply that which opposes your aim, your goal, what you want. That's all. Second force is just a way of saying that which opposes you, that which comes up to stop you from doing what you want to do. For example, you want to be a movie star. And what is opposing force? Well, we won't even start with you have no talent whatsoever. It's like that. What is that? What is that program? There was some TV program with this Simon guy. American Idol. American Idol. People thought they were great singers. And so they would come and sing. And everyone would just kind of go, oh, my God. They'd be putting their fingers in their ears. It's like, how could you possibly think you could carry a tune? Imagination satisfies every center. And then this guy would have the hard task of telling them, you have no talent whatsoever. You're a horror. You're like fingernails on a chalkboard. You're making our hair curl. And those of us who had curly hair, it's now straight. And those of us who had hair, we're now going bald. Stop, please. Go find your mission in life. It's not singing. Whatever. Oh, he's so mean. Yes, he's mean because he has the audacity to tell someone the truth and give them the opportunity to have a life free of imagination. But he's mean. We're sick. But he could have said it in a nicer way, really. And you think someone else hasn't tried to tell that idiot in a nicer way? It just doesn't make it across. We don't believe it. Imagination satisfies every center. I couldn't believe some of the, the things people would sing. And I go, oh, my God, how could you think? How could you think that you could sing? Anyway. Well, you shouldn't step on people's dreams. Okay. And let them have their dreams in a refrigerator box under an underpass. And they can sit there and dream that they're in a mansion in Beverly Hills. I don't care. It's fine. If that's what you like, if that's the way you want your world to be, then you go ahead and live that life. I have a different direction. Now, stop whining about what you have to do and choose to do it. I gotta get up at four o'clock in the morning and meditate. Boo-hoo, poor you. You know what to do now? Get up at three. That's what to do. You have an, a whining eye that whines about getting up at four to meditate? Say, fine, we'll get up at three then. Oh, you don't like meditating for an hour? Great, we'll add 10 minutes to that. Why? Because I will it. Why? Because I can and I will. Why? Because I'm not going to be dragged to the things I have to do. I'm going to go to them of my own free will. 
Do you see the difference? Okay, that's what I'm talking about. So stop whining about what you have to do and choose to do it. But I don't want to. Okay, who cares? Saying, I don't want to, is like you saying to me, I have brown eyes. Okay, so what? Well, I have blue eyes. Okay, so you still have to do it. I don't, I don't want to have to work for a living. Okay, how are you going to work that out? I'm going to steal for a living. That's work. Stealing is hard work. So you've just chosen a different kind of work, that's all. One with a real low percentage. But it looks so much easier. Yeah, it always does till you get caught. I guess what I'm saying is when you moan about life, you are strengthening second force. You're not weakening it at all. You're weakening yourself. You're weakening your own will. You are being pulled and directed by life. It's like you have a ring in your nose and a chain on it and life is pulling you around. You get weaker and weaker resisting it. When you will what you have to do, you eliminate second force at that point. What can oppose you if you want to do it? It's like, look, I want to come here this morning. I don't have to. I want to. Has there ever been a morning when I didn't want to? Yes, lots of them. You know what I did? I wanted to. I said, I will to do this. This is what I want to do. This is what I'm going to do. I will to do this. But I don't want to. I don't care. I will to, and I will. And I go to it. I do not get dragged to it. I go to it. Can you see how that changes your attitude? Second force is eliminated at that point. Hating what you have to do increases second force. It's so simple. Hating what you have to do increases second force. Some increase it so much they become basket cases, gnawing their fingers to bloody stumps. Some hate what they have to do so much they pull their hair out until they have bald spots. Some hate what they have to do so much that they get sick so they won't have to do it. Some people hate that they eat all the time and get fat, so they stick their finger down their throat and throw up and then eat some more. And then they get addicted to that. There are people with a callus on their finger from sticking their finger down their throat. This is the truth, people. This is the reality of hating what you have to do. This is the reality of increasing second force by not willing to do what you have to do. This is a very simple thing. You can do this, but you must first understand it. When you've got something to do, gird up your loins and do it. Like the Nike commercial used to say, just do it. You whine and waste so much energy complaining about it when you could put that energy and force to good use and just do it. But I don't want to. To take life consciously, knowing you are always up against second force, makes it easier. It reduces the suffering and the misery that comes from being a victim of everything. Doing this is self-remembering because you're taking impressions in more consciously. You see, you, are more, you have to be more conscious to will something. You must take the impressions in more consciously. So already you're more conscious. Already this is a form of self-remembering. Can you see that? You transform the impressions by willing what happens. That is, let me give you an example. When I was in Macedonia working with a family there, the guy had panic attacks. And so we were driving in the car one day. We were going to this town. And he started to have a panic attack. And he told me. I'm having a panic attack right now. I'm afraid of this and I'm afraid of that. And I'm afraid I'm going to die. And oh, my heart is racing. And, and he's checking his pulse and going through all this stuff. And he's afraid he's going to die. I said, will it? Will it? 
you are going to die. There's nothing you can do about that. You are going to die. Maybe not right now, but you are going to die. So will it? Yes, I'm going to die. Okay, am I ready to die? And I said, so get ready to die. He said, well, I, d I can't. I don't want to leave my wife. I don't want to leave my child. I said, but you will. So why not will it? I said, look, put the pedal to the metal. Make this car go as fast as you can make it go. And just let me grab the steering wheel and haul it all the way over to this side. We'll go flipping through everything and we'll be dead. That'll be that. Let's just will it. No. I said, why? We're going to die. What's the problem? I'm not ready. I said, well, get ready. All of a sudden, he got it. He said, oh, well, the panic's all gone now. I said, right, because you're willing it. But it's just a trick of the mind. Yeah, and so was the panic attack, you boob. <laughs> so which trick is better? The one that gives you control or the one that takes you out of control and makes you crazy? I mean, which do you want to be? Do you want to be free or do you want to be insane? Do you want to be dragged around by life or do you want to go where you have to go in life? You have to go to death. Will it? I got an email about my flight from Korea to California, and the same guy said to me, even if it, the plane, plummeted you to your death, something tells me you will go down smiling and happy. He got my number. That's exactly right. If the plane is crashing, I'm going down smiling and happy. Why? Because I will it. What are you going to do? Hold the plane up with your fear? With your panic? It's insane. It's absolutely insane to die with that mind, that mind of fear and panic and craziness. Because how you go out is how you come in. You want to come in like that? You want to come into the next room like that with that mind? I hope not. I don't. I won't. I will it. This guy from the panic attack in the car, maybe he's getting it, or at least he can see that someone is, that it's possible to will what happens to you in life. Beyond all the mumbo-jumbo, there's a very real and practical application of these ideas that leads to psychotransformation. You have a physical body that occupies a place in time and space. You have a psychological body. This work helps you distinguish the difference between the two. That's one of its purposes, so that you can distinguish the difference between your psychological body and your physical body. I know this seems like so obvious, but if you'll think about it, it's not so obvious. You think you are your physical body, but you are actually your psychological body. That is the more powerful more lasting body. Unfortunately, your psychological body is in such darkness and chaos that it won't last long after your physical body is gone. Now, if you can put your house psychologically in order, and if you can build the kind of consciousness that you need to survive the demise of the physical body, you've got a better chance. Can you see that? If you hate, if you envy, if you're jealous, if you feel owed, if you feel mistreated, if you feel misunderstood, your psychological body is said to be in hell. Do you know what it feels like to be in hell psychologically? It's awful, isn't it? No matter where your physical body is, your physical body can be at the spa or at the ball game or at the movie. But if your psychological body's in hell, it doesn't matter where your physical body is. Your psychological body trumps it every single time. Therefore, your psychological body is more important than your physical body. No! Oh, yes, it is. That's why millionaires can jump out of windows and be unhappy and slit their wrist. That's why people in Hollywood who live in Beverly Hills and have all these great cars and the great houses and all this money and all this stuff, 
are constantly changing partners and getting a divorce. They can't get along with anyone. They have to change dogs. This dog's no good. I need a new dog. Maybe it's you. No. The whole world says I'm an idol. Well, that's what they say today. But what will they say tomorrow? Well, I'm really worried about that. Don't let's not talk about that. I just have to stay on top. That's a psychological body. In my opinion, that's hell. But everybody wants to live in that hell because they believe that where their physical body is is where their psychological body is going to be. But just one simple look at it objectively and you can see that's not true. That person who used to be your friend and isn't anymore, you know the one? That person who used to be your friend, that person is an impression. That's an impression on your psychological body. How you react to that incoming impression is something you can radically alter. But you can't alter that person out there. There's nothing you can do about that person out there. But you can radically alter the impression of that person in your psychological body where it really counts. You can't change the person out there. You can change how you take the person internally. That's up to you and no one else. Does that mean that other people don't decide for you how you're going to take another person? Oh no. They decide for you every day, all the time. People make you negative all the time, right? Why? Because you refuse to hold on to the work idea. The simple work idea. If I'm negative, it's my fault. If you wish to develop, practice this form of self-remembering. This is giving yourself the first conscious shock. This is bringing carbon 12 between you and the impressions that come into you to transform them and thereby transform yourself by willing the inevitable. Now that's all the mumbo jumbo. That's how you say it in the work terms. I don't care how you say it. I'm interested in how you do it. Do you get this? Don't talk about it. Do it. People spend all their time getting the words right. I say get the actions right. Do it. Don't waste energy with the other business. Can you understand this? You have a psychological body, you have a physical body. No matter where your physical body is, your psychological body will determine how you feel about it, what you think about it. You can take hell and turn it into heaven that way. This is where the power is. This is where the change, the transformation must occur. Not the physical body, not out there. You can't change your geography and have your internal geography change. Your internal geography, your state is your internal geography, your state of mind, your psychological state. That's your internal geography. You don't change that by moving your body to a different place. This is simple. It's just not easy. You need to practice it. You need to understand it, and I don't care what you call it. Do it. Just do it. Will it. Get it done. Often the practical application of these ideas sounds like it's going to be easy. The ideas sound great. When we actually run into a situation or a person who's being a little more difficult than we'd like, we find it's not as easy as we thought it was going to be. If you've hit a snag with some aspect of this work and its practical application in your everyday life, I invite you to write James at solidrockvista.com. Sometimes a fresh perspective is all it takes to get us back on the right track.